Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of several lore enthusiasts over on the Blizzard Watch team, and I've got both of my marvelous co-hosts with me today. First up, he plays a shaman, he loves the lore, that'd be Joe Perez. Hey Joe, how's it going? It's going okay, how about yourself? It's going, it's going good. I'm carpeting the house in uh, Christmas lights right now because it's December 1st and why not? Oh, it's that time of year. I got to do. I got to do that to my mother's house this week. It's going to be very entertaining. <laughs> I want my house to be just a visual landmark. <laughs> well, our, our our my mother's house every year has basically been the Griswolds' house mm. since I was sixteen. So yeah, I'm we thirty seven now. <laughs> we aren't going that crazy with it, but we do have quite a few lights out, and I got some extra special ones this year. Um, anyway, moving on, we've also got our other co-host with us. He plays a warrior, but he's so knowledgeable about lore, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Hey, everybody. Do you do any decorating stuff for the holidays or nah? I didn't even celebrate Christmas between 1990 and 2006, and I wouldn't celebrate it now, except that my wife likes it. Oh, okay. Yeah, no feeling for the holiday. Yeah, Nothing. we probably aren't doing anything for Christmas at all whatsoever, but we like lights. So there's just lights all over the place because they're pretty and sparkly. I remember and- one year, I honestly, my birthday, my birthday is December 7th. So for years and years, I would always get the, well, this one's for your birthday and Christmas from people who are like, you know. Oh, cheap. that's awful. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, we don't so, even so do that, that with my nephew whose birthday is December 26th. Yeah, it's it was just one of those things. Oh. Uh, and the the other thing though, the the, the real reason that I just kind of fell out of it was when I was in college. After my mom died, it was pretty much just me. Like I would be in a, in my apartment. Like I had an apartment, and you know, just like December, there wasn't like school would stop. Like for pretty much like from about December tenth to January first, they would just let us out. Yeah, there was no classes, so I basically would spend the month of December every year, like from the year my mom died till I graduated just sitting in my apartment doing nothing because I didn't have like, I didn't talk to my mom's family and my dad's family and I, oof, no way. So I kind of just fell out of the habit. And it's like, nowadays I still kind of forget it's happening. Like, Oh, why is everybody? Oh, right. That. Okay. Oh, sorry guys. That's uh, that's, that's me. That's depressing. Let's move on to some more or something. God, I was going to say that makes me sad, <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and move on. Um, we don't have any news to talk about necessarily because there hasn't been any news in the last week, you guys, but I went and checked the pile of emails that we have and oh my gosh, you guys have sent us so many emails that I think we're set for the month of December, but who knows? We could answer some emails really fast. <laughs> I don't see that happening, but it's okay. If you have Lightning an email, round. <laughs> if you have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and just be sure to put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for the show. Also, we do accept questions over on our Q and podcast questions channel 
on our Discord. If you're not on our Discord, hey, why not show up? Say hi. Hang out. There's a lot of people there. Um, so we're just going to jump right into the emails. The first one is the only one that isn't World of Warcraft related. <laughs> so I put it up first because I wanted to answer it and address it. Um, and this is from John S. who says, Hello all. I'm absolutely thrilled by the Overwatch 2 announcement and the quote unquote zero hour short. But the cast in that trailer raised a question. Do you think that Jack Morrison and Anna Amari are going to respond to Winston's recall? Or do you think they'll continue pursuing Gabriel Reyes like at the end of the Bastet short story? Will there hunt be a B plot for Overwatch 2? I know this is all speculation, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Best regards, John S. Now we do know that we had that Mercy short story come out and it was made pretty clear that both... Morrison and Anna are pretty dead set on going after Gabriel Reyes. So that seems to have been determined in terms of where the story is going. And I don't know if they'll make an appearance in Overwatch 2. But what I want to know from you guys is, do you think that they will show up with everybody somewhere in the future? Or is Overwatch 2 more like, this is the new class? What do you guys think? I don't think they will be joining Overwatch as an organization. Um, if they do, it will be down the road. Because uh, they essentially frankly, be coming think, back from the dead, right? Yeah, I mean, we know they're not dead, but legally speaking, I think they still are. Um, Anna, nobody knew she was alive, and Morrison, I think a few people kind of thought he might be alive, but nobody, you know, they're they're deep they're deep in the shadows, and they are hunting after Reyes. That's what they're doing. Um, I don't expect to see them. Uh, I mean, I expect to see them because they're going to be playable, right? I mean, they would not be playable. There's no way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, they're going to be playable. Uh, I expect, not only do I expect to see them, I expect with other characters who are, who are going to be introduced, like Sojourn, that we're going to finally have that original Overwatch are all going to be in the game. Because uh, Mercy and um, Reinhardt, they're, they're going to be around. Uh, obviously, Torbjorn like, seems to be, you can still play him, but he seems to be retired. Uh, he didn't. He didn't come out of retirement for this. He didn't show up. So, yeah, at the I very least, Brigitte's there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I don't think we're going to see those two in Overwatch. I think the thing Anna says to Mercy in the short is pretty telling about that, actually. Um, but I, mean, I don't know if Joe's if Joe's read it, he could talk about it, or you could talk about it. Mm-hmm. I've been talking a lot. No, go for it. Keep going, man. Well, just the the part where she says, you know, don't don't look too don't don't judge him too harshly when you know after. Morrison's all business, even after the you know everything has gone down in Egypt. After Mercy is put on the Valkyrie armor again and is, and is calling herself Mercy, uh, there's that moment where he just kind of like takes the medical supplies and just he's like walking off, and she's like looking at him, and and Anna comes up and goes, "Just don't judge him too harshly. This is all he knows how to do. You know, he doesn't know how they put him in charge, thinking he could make a better world, but that's not what we are. You know, we're we're the ones, we're the soldiers. We're not the we're not the visionaries. We're not that. And I think that's what this Overwatch is trying to be. It's what when Winston brings them back, he's bringing them back because the world needs to be, you know, helped. They need someone to come along and and effectively be the heroes. That's not really who. The world could always use more heroes. It doesn't necessarily yeah. need more soldiers. Yeah, and that's the thing. Jack and and Anna aren't really heroes. That's and that's that's what she was trying to say. She's like, this isn't. That's not what we are. We're the ones, you know, when you have a, a threat, yes, absolutely, we're great. But in, in to build a new world, that's where people like you come in. And I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing, but that's effectively the thing she says. And I think that that's the, the way they're going with, with Soldier 76 and Arana. They're, they're going to be around and you can still play them. They still exist. As far as I know, everybody who's playable in Overwatch will be playable in Overwatch 2. Um, I thought that I'm pretty sure they said that. At they did, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of them being on this Overwatch team... No, I mean, look at who's on it. You've got May, you've got Brigitte, you've got Tracer, who's perpetually young. She was the rookie back then. Now she's kind of the, the experienced one, but she's still, you know, her energy level is like, you know, 9,000. The scouter got broke, Vegeta's all upset. Um, so I, I think this is definitely a team, like the, even the ones who are the, the returning veterans, like um, Reinhardt and Winston. I mean, Reinhardt's first act when he finally met May was to tell an ice joke immediately. He immediately told it. He he broke out the dad joke so fast, even Brigida wasn't prepared for it. That that's to me, that's like the best part of that entire trailer. It's him going, "I used to meet you," and she her going, "Ugh." <laughs> that is that is perfect. That is the best part of that whole trailer. So yeah, I don't 
I think that this very deliberately is a team. The the, the only one on the team who's kind of like doesn't really go along with that is Genji. But in his own way, Genji is an optimist. Yeah, Genji is all about trying to build. Well, and I mean, you, know, you saw that in the um the the dragons. dragons yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's there. And also because I, I'm almost I'm fighting very hard not to actually swear here because I feel like you know MF or Genji's Genji's appearance in that trailer was perfection. Like literally everything was about to end. Winston was about to get himself blown into little tiny gorilla pieces. And then there he is, the do, 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 boom, ching, 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 boom, you know, and it's like he just turns back and looks at them and he doesn't say anything because he doesn't have to say anything. Genji will almost never have to talk. He can. He's done it, but he doesn't have to. And that's why I think he's he, someone like him. Yes, he's paid the price. Yes, he's lost a lot, but he is still an optimist. And he that's where that Overwatch has to be. Overwatch, the, the new team, the, the, the rise of Overwatch here has to be the dreamers and the optimists because guys like Reyes and Morrison, the pragmatists, the ones who are like soldiers first, look what happened to them. So but that's just my thoughts. I don't, they look I don't at even, taking care of the I, world as it is, not looking at what the world and what it could be necessarily. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I agree with pretty much everything Rossi laid out. I think it, it hits it right on the head too, as far as like, especially with, you know, Jack and, and, and Anna, they're, uh, I don't want to say, beyond pragmatism now and moving into sort of like this adult view, but it's the best way I can really think of it. They don't have the capacity for that hope. Like maybe when they started, even when they started overwatch, maybe it was a little bit of that for them, but now it's just not, they don't have the capacity for it. And I think that them staying aside and doing what they need to do to clean things up and yet helping when they can help when there's something like you said, like there's a clear definable threat that needs to be dealt with. They can be there for that. They can support their friends and help them eliminate that threat, but they still are trying to go hard after talent. They're still trying to go hard after Reyes. Like that's what they're doing. That's their goal. They're, they are essentially the new black ops and they don't need to associate with overwatch as a whole to continue to do that. They can just be there sort of like, Yep, we're allies of convenience when it's necessary. These are our friends. We recognize that, but they have hope. They can be happy. They can see a world being built that doesn't have to deal with any of this, but we still have to deal with this. And there are still so many things that will tear down those hopes and those ideals that they just need to stay aside and work on removing those obstacles for their friends, for that hope to flourish. And they understand that that's what's necessary. That's actually interesting that you put it that way. Um, I don't want to like talk too much longer and keep Anne from, from talking, but if you think about the idea that one of the things that brought Overwatch down was the fact that they had Blackwatch mm-hmm. as an arm of Overwatch. Mm-hmm. It was part of the group. So when, when Blackwatch went too far, Overwatch it was Overwatch went too far. Back. Yep. Now yeah, they don't have that. That's not an option. If, if, if they go too yeah. far, they're not associated. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. And it would make sense with, with Morrison's worldview. Um, it would also make sense what with Morrison being very familiar with the situation, like everything that happened with Blackwatch. I mean, he saw it firsthand, so mm-hmm. it makes sense that he doesn't want to put the new Overwatch quote unquote in that same position again because he saw what happened. It ended with, well, his quote unquote death. He doesn't want to see and that the, happen again. And the dissolution of something that was meant to keep the world safe, too. Yeah. Like, and that, that's the other thing that you have to, that, that that's, I think is a key factor there too, for Overwatch to survive in its new form, there, there can't be anything that blows back to them in a negative way because the world is fickle. We have a even more connected world now than we did back then. The villains are more connected than they used to be. And the um, eyes of the world are definitely exactly. on these guys much more so well, now than ever before, specifically it, because of what happened to the original iteration of Overwatch. Not not even that, but look what happened recently in game lore. Look what happened yeah. in, oh, why can't I think of the name of the city now? King's Row? Not King's Row. Well, King's Row is one of them, but uh, Mumbai? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, New, look at New those Bom- two. Numbani, New, New I think. Or, Numbani, no. sorry. Yeah. Um, but those two events, those are recent. Those aren't old things. Those are things that just happened. The stuff with yeah. um, Doomfist and... With Doomfist destroying an entire city. Well, and, and, and the whole assassination thing, too. Yep. 
So you have the assassination stuff, you have uh, the Doomfist being hot and present. Like, these are things that people are looking at now. And they're, you know, it's not just something that it's a villain doing something in a far off land. It's right here what's being done about it. And anything that's done against them, anything that's done to rectify that is going to be under as much scrutiny because these are public places, these are huge events for people that are living in this world of Overwatch currently. See, so. and for me, I think that is it likely that we're going to see these characters involved in the story of Overwatch 2 to begin with? No. Is it likely that they're going to be a B plot? Yes. Oh yeah. And and I fully expect cuz there's there's a story there that can be told. And yeah, there is that resignation that both Anna and Morrison have as far as we're soldiers, we fight, that's what we do. But that kind of resignation is the sort of resignation that's just perfect for that whole dovetail back into Hope or whatever, and it's just a story that's waiting to be told. Because I well, don't I mean, think that Morrison is beyond beyond that that thinking about that ideal. I don't think that he's beyond it. I think that he's worn down. I think he's worn out. I think that he's frustrated. But I also think that if the world showed him that it was welcome to his presence and to the presence of Overwatch, he might turn around. Well, I mean, if you look at the, the first cinematic with him in it. Yeah. Uh, he's called Hero? Is it called Hero? I can't remember what his Yeah, Heroes or something like that. Uh, yes. You, you see that he is, for all that he is much more violent and brutal now, he is still looking to protect people. Mm-hmm. He's not... He's not. He's like, still if he were, the guardian. Yeah. If he were, if he were that far gone, he'd trottle on up to Reyes and go, "Hey, can I join up?" You know what I mean? Like he isn't that guy. He's not the guy who joins Talon and then does all the things he used to try and stop. Because that's Reyes is. That's what Reyes has done. Reyes has joined the enemy and taken people with him to join the enemy with him. Um, you know, that's that's the 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 line Reyes crossed. Morrison hasn't crossed that line. Morrison's methods have changed. But he hasn't really. I think that a lot of it is that the way anybody is, the way I, I've been in my life, you get hurt badly enough and you don't want to get hurt that way again. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be, you don't, you don't want to lose your ideals twice. You don't want to like, you know, believe something, see it fall apart, rebuild yourself as best you can and then have it happen again. That's, you know, no, you, you, you will take steps to avoid that being, I think also Morrison and Anna both understand this, especially, I think Anna understands it better than Morrison does. Anna understands that if she were to go back to Overwatch, they'd start looking to them. Oh they yeah. Would defer to them. Immediately, immediately. And that's not good for Overwatch right now. Um, as an organization for all that Winston is, you know, still getting his feet under him in terms of leading this thing, uh, he leads from a position of genuine empathy and wanting to help. And that's like, I think in, in, in zero hour, you see it. He says, you know, we're all they've got. He leads from a place of pure optimism. Yeah. Or even just pure. It doesn't matter if we can do it. We have to do it. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's a big internet debate right now about like the whole, you know, how do we make Superman relevant? And that's the thing is you don't have to do anything to make that mindset relevant. The, rele- the mindset of, yes, I, I, I do have the ability to hurt you, but I'm going to help you. You know, it doesn't matter. Someone has to do it. Someone has to come and help. Someone has to, you know. That shouldn't be a mindset only... that you have to make relevant. That should it be is, something only... that just exists, you know. It's eternally relevant. I mean, it's the old Mr. Rogers statement. You know, if you when, when bad things are happening, look for the helpers. That's that's what Overwatch is going to be. And in, for, in order for it to be that... You can't have Jack Morrison in charge of it again. I think there's, that's even put into the into the Mercy story about how Morrison they put Morrison in because Reyes couldn't do it. Reyes could lead them into combat, but he couldn't lead them as a global peacekeeping force. He couldn't lead that Overwatch. Well, Jack Morrison can't lead this Overwatch. Part of me kind of wonders if Jack Morrison should have led that other Overwatch. And maybe that's questions that he's asking himself. But like I said, I, I think this is something that I could see becoming some kind of B-plot in Overwatch 2. Keep in mind that we don't know a lot about the story or what's going to happen with it. All we have really to go on is that trailer. Um, but we've got a bunch of other emails to answer here. So I think I'm going to jump into the next one, if that's okay with you guys, unless you've got anything else to add. No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, sure. We can talk. Okay, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> Next email says, hello, dear watchers. I am Idros, a dwarven priest who's quite annoyed by those filthy emo elf things who think they know more about the void than me. Long and pointless rant about how I was born in the darkness or something. Okay. I play a void elf, so I'm just kind of giving you... The- <laughs> I'm giving you a look right now, Idros. Anyway, he says, anyway, so... original void priests. I know. <laughs> says, anyway, so, Shadowlands, huh? I have three questions for thee today, so please, run wild. First question here, and we're just going to go through these one at a time. First question. If a being is killed with fell magic, then does it even have a soul that can go to the Shadowlands, with fell magic being the utter destruction of souls? That's an interesting question. What do you guys think? I mean, it would depend on whether or not, yeah, if it there gets, comes a point where you you use enough fell that you actually become a demon. Okay, that's what's happened to the Eridar. Um, if you look at Archimonde and uh, Kildare, so do you think they that actually demons do pulled. not they, demons don't go to the Shadowlands? Then obviously they have their own seems, soul engine thing. Yeah. They, whether or not it's Santorus or the Twisting Nether, it definitely seems like they have their own thing going on. Uh, but in terms of I don't think just being a warlock or a demon hunter is enough. Although a demon hunter is a special case because a demon hunter literally has a demon in them that they have consumed. I am actually going to wait, hold up. I want to actually jump into the second question here because this is kind of relevant to the first one and we might as well put them, mush them together. Um, The second question here is following that, which characters beyond those confirmed do you think will return in the land of the dead? And then they say, I personally don't think that we'll see Goldan or Varian because they were destroyed by fell magic, presumably. I, I, think that the answer to the first one and the second one has already been kind of answered by the devs. Yeah. Kelthas is still in the Shadowlands. That's we we true. were told we were told 100% that we are going to see him I think in Revendreth, right? Yeah. That's what they said. He what was he basically being consumed by when we decided to pop him a second time? Fell. Oh, he had a fell crystal in his chest, but he wasn't I mean, it was just kind of chunked in there in the middle of him, kind of gross. But I'm just, but I'm just saying, like he's he's had enough dealings with that at this point that if Fell was going to completely destroy his soul, I'm confident it would have already at this point. I disagree with you intensely. That that is your prerogative to do so. I just, I don't, I look. If we look at enough of the characters in the game, you can see that there's a clear demarcation between so consumed by Fell that you're literally a demon, and just using the Fell some. Uh, if just being exposed to fell kept you from going to the Shadowlands, no blood elf after the separation would go to the Shadowlands because at one Ooh, point that's true. If you cause... had if you had green eyes and you were a, a blood elf, you'd been snacking on some fell. Chomp, chomp. They were all sure. doing it. You know, I mean, I don't. I think there's a the destruction fell comes from the destruction of like light and void, and mm. it is absolutely comes from souls being destroyed. But that doesn't mean. The second that the fell is is you know used by you or touches you or is dealt with by you. Now, I'm willing to to say that in the case of Kalethos, I can see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like your argument isn't invalid, but I don't think it's it's as clear cut as you don't sure. think he was quite that far. But even but even yeah. then, on that same lines, what I'm I'm saying is I don't necessarily know that if you die to fell abilities oh i don't agree with that no variant yeah. didn't die killing someone with fell does not immediately destroy their soul it did otherwise because he way. he was i mean there was nothing left of him yeah but that's his body uh, yeah you, know, I, you, you, you could wipe out somebody's body with a fireball if you wanted to you okay. could you know you could leave a pack of feral ghouls on top of his body and there'd be nothing left of him okay that doesn't mean soul gets destroyed okay uh, but it i also... don't think I was going to oh, say, okay. say also warlocks have been using fell energy since classic WoW at this point. That'd be a whole lot of souls that just don't go to the Shadowlands, which I don't think is something that would happen either. Like, I, I agree with you. I don't think just being touched by fell is enough or even being killed by like a fell fire is enough to keep you from going to the Shadowlands because I don't think I think it, that itself. depending I think that depending on the warlock, they probably all end up or most of them end up over in Revendreth. Where but I'm not, like about, atone, I'm not talking but, about yeah. I'm not talking about them dying. I'm talking about what they kill. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that feel, good question. They, in terms of um, another thing to think about is not not just that whole thing. If souls automatically, as soon as fell touched them, if they if they were boom, no longer part of the Shadowlands thing, demons got them there over in the Twisting Nether or destroyed. Demons wouldn't make pacts, mm-hmm. 
And demons make lots of packs. Demons, demons wouldn't packs. need demons wouldn't need soul engines at that point to, yeah. to do further corrupting. There's there's definitely a case where the soul is elastic and resists. I think it's better to look at fell and fell fire as something that can scar and sear the soul, but mm-hmm. it takes a lot of it to to actually destroy a soul. And in many cases, the soul has to be put into like. And plus, we're ignoring the fact that, like, for instance, when you're playing a demon hunter and you die, you get that whole bit with Will, and I was like, ah, like me, you have an indestructible demon soul. You have a demon soul. Yeah, and when you when you that's that's an interesting thing too because it means for a Illidan did not expect that he's surprised to find out that you have one. Um, but also it means that that deal with the, that literal it's not even a deal with a demon it's consuming the demon and then the demon being a demon keeps trying to regenerate within you so it's an eternal battle that doesn't destroy your soul either you know but it does take it out of the shadowlands you know you you can just come back you don't need a spirit healer you just you your soul won't die so that's like it's in effect the they battle may be it, over but the soul still burns anyway sorry they they they, they portrayed it there as one thing, but if you think about it from the perspective of Shadowlands, it's almost like you've exiled yourself. Just if that makes yeah. sense, it's, it's, it's willingly, like you've, you know, willingly done you've so. Take, you've taken yourself out of the cycle of death and rebirth, mm-hmm. and by doing so, you know you don't go to the Shadowlands, which is going to be really interesting when your demon hunters start going there. It's, you know, it's like um. I wonder yeah, if there's going to be I, any unique unique dialogue around that because that's actually a really good point. Hmm. Okay, so uh, the third question here is, what happens if a titan truly dies? Sylvanas has been growing in power from all the death lately. Thanks for reading the email. Good day, good evening, and good night. Um, what happens when a titan absolutely dies? Do we know? Well, I mean, we have Argus. Yeah, but we don't Argus even know only... what all of the implications from that were. We're not even sure he even counts, because he'd been tortured... And, and, you know, mutilated, mutilated for like eons, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. When he gets pulled to the to the uh, pantheons, the seat of the pantheon, he's like he they, they're calling him the unmaker. The, you know, he's like this screaming thing. Yeah. And when he when he dies, uh, they use his power to entrap Sargeras. How are they using his power if he's dead? Like what did, did he die or did he just release all of his power? And what's the difference? Do Titans have life cycles? I mean, all we know about Titans is that they go into these weird cosmic eggs that we that look an awful lot like a planet and that we live on. And then after a while, they 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 just know that they're you know alive. Um, there's we don't really know a ton about Titans. We know that you could literally kill the the bodies of several Titans using an like a fell storm of power, and they survived it. And then they they even survived for thousands of years since. And they're still around to the point where they could capture Sargeras and put him in the Pantheon with them. Do you think that the Uh, Titans go to the Shadowlands or no? I have no idea. I don't know. The thing is, is we don't, we seem to know that they don't like they, they they hang out here. Well, yeah. I mean, they they seem to be able to, well, I was going to say that what if they, it is Shadowlands in a way, but it isn't like, what if it's their own like little pocket, like, well, but here's the Reality. thing, though. It, it seems an awful lot like when when they all died. At least Amonthul's spirit went straight into his two followers on Azeroth and was later extracted from them. Because we know this because Master Ra Draden took it out of himself and left it in the uh, the yeah. Vale of Eternal Blossoms. Yeah, he left it there, and it didn't go to the Shadowlands. It stayed in the Vale. Well, it's it's like once they're removed from their physical form, they still have agency, is what I'm saying. Like they, they have the ability to, to. They don't do seem it. to. They don't seem to go anywhere. They don't like seem to travel into another plane of existence and then get reborn. They seem to stay right here. Like they, it's like I don't have a body, but I can still. Be do you here. think that's part of the yeah. part of that part of the reason why their presence is on the arcane side of the cosmology chart? I'm not. You know, it really doesn't. Does it tie into that? Like, is there something about the arcane that takes things out of that cycle or? Well, I mean, if you look at it from the terms of the cosmology chart, they'd probably come from the arcane version of the Shadowlands in the first place. Mm-hmm. The Shadowlands is a place where the essence of death reaches our, touches our world. It's, it's both places at once. It's kind of like a, it's a, like a Venn diagram. 
If you have one circle that's our plane of existence, another circle that's death, and you put those two circles in that part where they intersect is the Shadowlands, essentially. Um, yeah. The Titans would seem to come from that, from the arcane side. Why does there, what is the arcane side really? Is it chaos? Because the Fell would also seem to be chaos. And the, the arcane stuff is portrayed as order. But, it, you know, if it's order, you know, order can't really ever be created or destroyed any more than chaos can. The two and the have titans, to exist. The Titans were always touted as being creatures of order. Yeah, and that could I, mean that they're there to organize things like, you know, they're your personal assistance or whatever, personal assistance of the universe. Or it could mean that quite literally they are of order. They are from the realm of order. I think, yeah, to a degree, the universe exists because all these forces interplay in it. Yeah. You have life and death. You have light and void. You've got order and chaos. The universe exists as a place, not not just a backdrop where they can have their fights. It exists because of them. They they all happen here. Um, to a degree, I mean, and I'm just blue skying this. I am not. I do not know. The answer to this question is is literally I do not know. But it seems to me like when the Titans are involved in things, that they're literally the organization principle. Like they can't help themselves. They find a planet. Agrimar found a planet, had nothing to do with what he was doing. <laughs> Didn't even was, have a world soul in it. Yeah. He, he, he just, he was, he was looking for Sargeras, trying to explain to him the weird stuff that was going on. Hey, I, I felt one of those, uh, one of those, oh, you know, um, guys we have, the constellars just wink out. Do you feel that? It's really weird. Anyway. Oh, this, there's a planet here. No, oh, but I got a job, but this planet's disorganized. Yeah, but I really have to. But look at it. The the spirits just everywhere, and all the the life is just gonna. Yeah, but that's I. That's that's really sad. But I gotta. If I just spend. Five and then he minutes, just starts playing this. Jenga with the thing. <laughs> yeah, like immediately the first thing he does is, I know I can organize this. I just gotta give me a sec. Give me a sec. Okay, I'll just I'll just do this. And now now that giant rock guy, you fix it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now now I can I leave. Can, I, I feel satisfied. I can leave. I can leave that now. guy's going to clean it up. That guy will do it. I got to go. It's like That's, they're all Virgos. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want to make light of like a real life condition. Uh, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder is a real life condition. It's really serious. But there's definitely a little bit of that concept of that order must be not just order must be restored. As, order as, must be created. As somebody who has that. Yeah, I feel that. It just feels like that's kind of the, the Titans whole bag. It's like, it's, it's something you have, you have to do. You have to this put is what it we in are. place. There's, and, and, and you can't, there's nothing there to explain why you feel like you have to do that. You just have to do that. They're, they're dozers. They're cosmic dozers. Oh, like they're dozers, dozers from the Sorry, Fraggle dozers. Rock. Yeah. Yep. They just, they have to build. They build. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They may, don't necessarily even have a plan. They just see an empty space and they have to put something there. The I Titans like the thought see of the something Titans. out of order. Oh, if you've, they see if something you've, out of order and they just have to do it. They have to do it. They're, they're, if you've never you. seen Fraggle Rock, and there may be people in our audience who have never seen Fraggle Rock, go to YouTube, look up and look up Doozers. It's D O O Z E R S. Look up the Doozers. Watch some of that because, frankly, the idea of the Titans being cosmic Doozers is probably <laughs> the funniest thing I've heard today. But it's apt. It's so apt. Because <laughs> that's because that's that's when we're, when would that we're, make us the Fraggles? Because we're just running around Kinda. messing things up. Yep, we just break things. <laughs> Oh, how nice of them to put this mountain here. I wonder what's inside of it. Blow it open. Breaking like, things, singing songs, do. eating structures. See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to sing an altered version of the Fraggle Rock theme song. <laughs> yeah, right let's now. not. Let's not. Planets copyright. on another day. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 the world I, will play. Down to Azeroth. Oh. Down to Azeroth. <laughs> Down, Down to Azeroth. Azeroth. Boom. Anyway, um, yeah. But this is immediately what I thought of when Rossi was describing <laughs> it. I'm like, it's just like, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so long story short, question is, the question is, do we know what happens to the Titans when they die? The answer to that is, no, we don't. We, we, we don't really have any idea because we haven't gotten that far out. However, the fact that we're going to the Shadowlands and the fact that we're going to be exploring all of this extended cosmology in person, like... Our bodies are going to these places where we probably shouldn't go, but we're going there anyway because there's something about us that allows us to do that. Well, maybe we'll find yeah. out. Maybe we'll find out. Um, but let's go ahead and go to the next email here because I think this one's probably going to uh, wrap up the show um, just because 
It's a doozy, you guys. Okay. So this is from Argento, who's a frost mage on Daggerspine. And he says, off the wall thought. Everybody keeps saying that the cycle of life and death has been broken since Sylvanas dove off of Ice Crown. But unless there's something I missed during the Q&A, in response to a question about how long it's been broken, they simply said it's been broken a long time. And that was the moment that Sylvanas first met the Jailer. My thought is that the breaking of the cycle involves Odin's deal where he gave his eye and the theft of the Helm of Domination. Perhaps the thing Odin made a deal with used his eye as a means to reach out of the Shadowlands to get the Helm into the hands of the Legion. Maybe to siphon the power that's meant to go to the Jailer when souls go to the Maw. Thanks for all the wonderful conversations to listen to, Argento. This is an interesting theory because if that's when that engine was broken... If that's when things started getting out of hand, oh my gosh, you guys, we have so much to blame Odin for. <laughs> so much. Um, what do you guys think, Joe? I think snatching a soul before it has a chance to go to the, the Shadowlands or transition is different than the engine breaking. I think it circumvents the system. But I don't necessarily think that. But Odin maybe that was the first domino. Maybe that was the first domino. Like it just went plink, and it all kind of went downhill from there. You know. Sure, but then the question is, what is the catastrophic breakpoint? Mm. Like, and we've we've talked about that before. Like something slowly grinding to a halt is different. They the way that they've made it sound is that it, there was a point where it just sheared in half, essentially. Like they they just broke. It shattered. It no longer is functioning. And they said that it was a long time ago. And we know that in the last couple expansions, we've had a pretty significant time jump, like in game, uh, especially with like Legion. Not like a giant time jump. It's usually one year between expansions. And that's not what I mean. Isn't in the game like between Broken Shore and the the opening the opening scenario, and when you start going and doing everything? Isn't there like a time jump? I don't think so. I, I think people is, I think people assume that there was a time jump, but there wasn't really a time jump so much. But it's almost like I, I'm gonna be upfront. Mm -hmm. I only like I only remember playing the warrior one really well. Mm -hmm. I did do paladin and death knight and shamans, but I don't remember them as well. Doing the warrior one, the uh, broken shore bit, like th there's the inv the invasions before legion all took place mm -hmm. right. and the broken shore takes place literally like right after it. Right. The broken shore itself you you go you do it you go back to to wherever you go back to you see the follow-up in my case i was playing a, an elf so i saw the whole varian's funeral thing and then i'm almost immediately sent back to dalaran and when i talked to tanath he's like you know this is horrible the king dying he's talking like this stuff just happened and there's okay. there's nothing i can see in that quest and there just has been time some passed. time some time has passed between when varian dies and we take that locket or we, or excuse me we take the we take that time we take was it a locket or was it a time piece? I can't remember. It's was a it a compass, watch? Isn't it? it was a compass. I mean, the, the compass that the you compass take that to Anduin. Anduin. Yeah, that you take to Anduin, and he finally yeah, goes to where like his patch, father's. But that's like, like patch two, right? Six yeah, it, it's basically like that's that's the whole over the course of the year the expansion takes place. I don't think that there was a time jump between the end of Warlords and the beginning of Legion. I don't think that there was. Um, yeah. I I'd have to go back over the timeline, but I, I, for whatever reason, I remember there being a time jump, but, uh, hmm. but again, like we don't, we don't know the specific point in which it like broke, broke. It is absolutely possible that all these little things have been contributing to that breakdown. Odin snatching souls before they could go to the Shadowlands. Obviously that's denying the Shadowlands fuel. The Lich King doing essentially the same thing, like has Valkyries snatching these souls and keeping them in his army like that's starving the shadowland it it's an also entirely possible like we talked about before that death of argus could have been this huge flood of power that maybe the titans didn't use all of it it had to go somewhere maybe some of that went there and, and just toppled what was already crippled and breaking down so there's another possibility here okay think about a very complex machine mm -hmm. if you have an extremely complex machine and you take a small cog out of it it sometimes keeps running. There's no reason the machine is that cog does something, but it doesn't. The loss of it doesn't immediately stop the machine from working. It's kind of over the course of time that the machine shakes itself loose, and that cog's yeah. Yeah. absence becomes 
hideously apparent. (laughs) The whole thing with Odin and the deal that Odin made might have been the first. In fact, it's very reminiscent to me of what the Lich King does when you first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you have the Lich King gets to Azeroth, he makes a crack in his in the the Frozen Throne and he pushes Frostmourne out and leaves it. He wants it to be discovered. He has it taken to a cave to be discovered. Um, The fact that um, Malganus goes along with this implies to me that Malganus is not very bright, quite frankly. Um, That's one of the things that always got me is like you, you weren't suspicious at all that the thing that's supposed to be giving him his power. He just shoves it out of there and you're totally okay with that. You didn't even say, you didn't even stop. Did you go talk to Kill Jaden about that? Like, is that supposed to be happening? Like, no, we just went along with it. But that to me, that crack that he pushed it out and it, it, it doesn't, he starts losing his power when the frozen throne is breached, but he doesn't lose it all immediately. You don't even, you don't even hear about him losing his power until a year has passed because Arthas comes back after a year. The, the, the dreadlords are in charge of Orgrimmon for a year straight yeah. before Arthas comes back and is like, Okay, your your invasion failed. Archimonde is dead. Get out. So for a year, the Lich King bided his time, even though he'd done that. Think about how long the jailer could bide his time. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what's time to him? Okay, so it takes thousands of years. So what? I've got thousands of years. I'm gonna be here for thousands of years. Sure. Let's see how long it takes. And each thing that happened next could be the next step in accelerating the process. Like you mentioned. You've got Odin doing the the deal with the eye. Then you've got the Valkyrie, the the, the Valkyrie doing what they were doing, you know, t- keeping souls from getting to the, you know, where they're supposed to go, and instead reincarnating them. Then you've got Helia creating her realm in the Shadowlands and grabbing the quote unquote unworthy souls of Valkyrie and turning them into Cavaldir. That's not supposed to be happening either. Helia mm-hmm. didn't presume to be the jailer or anything like that, but Helia definitely had a specific purpose. And to the Vrykul. She is kind of the queen of the Shadowlands as far as they're concerned. And she's, you know, she's interfering with the flow of of souls. They're not going to where they're supposed to be going. They're not taking part in that anima re- refresh of the world. They're just going to her realm. And that's, you know, so that's more of this, this drain. And it increases the, the drag on the system. And everything that comes up next, every time somebody does something like this, that's more drag on the system. And the jailer just sits back and waits. And all, waits. Of this, and then, all of this, all of this, hang on, hang on. Up. Let me, let me interrupt you for a second here. Cause all of this stuff that we're mentioning, it all ties back to Azeroth, even though the Shadowlands supposedly they, they span everything like all worlds and everything else. Azeroth is like point zero, the impetus for all of this. So do you think that this whole cycle being broken, do you think that the whole messing with the anima, messing with the souls, messing with the... Do you think that's part of what's been messing with Azeroth? It's not just the old gods. There's also this on top of everything else? Possibly. Like, it's 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 not something that can be ruled out yet because we don't understand how the Shadowlands touches Azeroth in that capacity. Like, we... <laughs> This is something that I know I've been talking about with a few people that we understand at least a little bit of how, you know, the demon cycle works and stuff like that. We don't necessarily fully understand the Shadowlands cycle yet. We don't, we know that there is some connection to Azeroth. There is some connection, at least through the Emerald Dream. We know that for a fact. We don't know how that plays out and how the Shadowland uh, is used in that capacity we don't know how a Titan taps into that, essentially, how a nascent Titan taps into that. I And for that uh, matter, I mean, we keep talking about the Shadowlands and the Emerald Dream mm-hmm. as universal concepts, but it might not be Shadowlands and the Emerald Dream might be the local manifestations of universal concepts. There might be mm-hmm. a plane from which the Emerald Dream is a part in much the way that the elemental planes around Azeroth are local to Azeroth, but there are other elemental planes out on other worlds. And those are all part of a, of a greater concept. It's possible that the Shadowlands are the places around Azeroth. And we, we don't even think we're going to get to see all the planes around Azeroth. Right. There are other realms of the dead that are connected to Azeroth. We're, we're probably not going back to I Helia's mean, realm. I'm the, you know what? The other side is, is just going to be a dungeon. It's not what even if... going to be a place that we visit, visit. Yeah, and there's like, there's, it's quite possible that there's a realm of death 
that is universal and everybody has it's it touches all worlds and all places because death is everywhere but azeroth's is the shadowlands joe's giving us a what if so i want to hear what the what if is i I was just going to say what if this is something that's been broken since koresh Ooh, that's an entire planet that not only was killed quote unquote but is in this weird stasis because of how void touched it is what if that was the beginning unbalancing point? What if that's what started or throwing Or what about that planet that Sargeras just up and cleaved in two? Split in half. Like, what if, or, or I mean, we can go back and say, what if the Titans are what unbalanced it in general? Well, you look at what Algalon said. He's seen, that, he's seen it before. A million, million worlds bathed in the Maker's Flames. This is mm-hmm. not the first time that they've destroyed a planet. And we've always assumed planet's been re-originated. Which, when you re-originate a planet, you basically wipe it of all life. You hit the reset button. Is and it where does hitting it the reset the button that has been doing this? But because where does it pull that energy to repopulate that planet? Because right, re-origination. It, it, the entire concept of it is you wipe it clean, you scour it clean, and you start over. Well, where are they getting the bits to start over? Where are they pulling it from? So I'm I'm wondering if Odin didn't break anything. I'm wondering if it was broken well before him. And I'm wondering if maybe some of the deals that were made were a, an attempt to get things back on somewhat of a track or to stave off the inevitable. Like, what if Odin, yeah, sure, he made the deal with the Jailer, and that's where his eye went. What if the Helm came from a deal with the Arbiter to keep the Jailer in check? Like, what if the Helm was, like, that the Helm of Domination was a soul siphon artifact siphoning power from the jailer because the arbiter's like, I need this to not be a thing so I can try to maintain as much balance as I can. Sure, I'll tell you how to make a helm. Like, there, there's a whole bunch of things here. This could be broken eons ago before Azeroth was ever even a thing, before Dude, we were pro- ever a thing. The problem with it saying it's been broken too, too long ago is that we know it was still working as of at least a couple of years ago. But like you just said, broken doesn't necessarily mean non-functional. If you're arguing that the first cause might have been back eons ago, that I'm okay with. But I think using the word broken implies sure. too much in terms of... But what it implies if, too much in terms of it having literally not the first, The first what, pebble was thrown in the cog. We'll, but what if that is what's been allowing us to not necessarily go from... When we die as player characters, we go to a Shadowland-ish version of Azeroth. What if it being busted or or not fully functional for eons is what allows us to do that? Instead of going directly to one of the planes and directly into that engine of rebirth. We and were never supposed to come back. We were never <laughs> supposed to come back. Oh, like, we've been messing souls. it up all along. <laughs> no, but those are mortal Actually, souls. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The reason we get to come back is because... A Kyrian, a soul, a, a, you know, spirit healer, decides we're not done yet. Why does it keep deciding we're not done yet, no matter how many times we die? Yeah, good it's question. Not, that's not the machinery of death spitting us out. That's this being mm-hmm. deciding over and over again, and not just one. You know, one assumes it's different spirit healers every time. Why do they keep deciding to put us back? How come What's they're doing the arbiter's job? Yeah, and now we're supposed to know more about that coming up. But that is a great point. And the thing is, is that's that's what they do with everybody. But usually they just they go and look and say, okay, well, you belong in this place. And instead of putting us in any of those places we're supposed to be, even the Maw, you know, sure. Okay, they're going to the Maw. They're not supposed to whatever. They're not even doing that with us. They're literally putting us back. And when they're, you know, why? I was also going to say, there's also a weird thing where not all spirit healers are Kyrian. Because I distinctly remember in... Spires of Iraq, there's a, a Raven spirit healer. In Azuna, there's a Murloc spirit healer. He could still be a Kyrian. That's absolutely, we know that now. Maybe they just Spirits, took a different form. That's all. Maybe. No, 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 no. Like you, when you die, if you belong there, they take your spirit to the, to the, to the Bastion. Who's to say a Murloc spirit couldn't go to the Bastion? But what I'm saying is, what if the Kyrian its place? That's, what if Kyrian is an Murloc is a Kyrian? <laughs> but. Okay, but I mean, the Kyrian are, we know that, are we absolutely certain that all spirit healers are Kyrian and not a offshoot or a sect that doesn't go to the, like the Bastion route? We we're just told that that's what they're for. I mean, again, we have not actually gotten to play all this yet, so we're, yeah, we're not absolutely certain of anything. But I'm but just wondering if they're rogues. They, well, maybe they are, or maybe they're not getting orders anymore. You can't go rogue if you just stop, if you stop hearing from the head office. 
fair to, to use an incredibly like if if the whole process I mean, is broken down. You look at the Mogu, they weren't hearing from the head office, so they went and did their own thing. I I still don't think the Nomogu were necessarily wrong, but that's a whole other thing. I don't think so either. I'm just saying, like, that that's a case of they didn't necessarily go rogue. They just, they, I feel like the Mogu, and I know we're going to tangent a little bit here. Sorry, I'm a squirrel. But um, I feel like the Mogu (laughs) were trying to best accomplish their task in the only way that they knew how because they didn't have any direction. It was a whole directionless sort of trying to achieve their purpose and maybe that's what they were afraid of with the scourge and the lich king is you know if there wasn't anybody there to guide them or whatever they just do their own thing and who knows what that thing is going to be you know in the case of the mogu it turned out being very very bad even though they may have been doing it just because that was their programming it was their default programming that's what they were trying to do shape things best they knew how they were really terrible at it Plus, they were also reacting to what they saw happening to themselves. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. we're not functioning properly. What's this deal with us having flesh and genders? Uh, why is that happening? Um, guys, is anybody... I'm going to go ask uh, Master Ra. Nope, Master Ra doesn't want to talk. What do we do? Uh, well, if Master Ra won't tell us what to do, I guess we're just going to have to try and do the best we can. Um, okay. But that, that kind of comes back to what we're talking about here, though, because we know that Bastion is just one of the four realms we're going to get to see. The four ruling realms of the Shadowlands, um, governed by Covenants. Um, and we know Bastion is the one that the Kyrian are effectively in. We also know the Kyrian work for the Arbiter, and that the the main head of, of the whole deal is the Archon, who's like first among equals of them. And we know that he exists, but we don't know much about. Well, for that matter, we don't know if it's a he or a she, or an it. We don't know. It might be anything. But we know that it's it's the one that leads the Kyrian Covenant. What if they're not able to communicate to the, the ones who are like, you know, the ones who are supposed to be serving them? Like if, if we're told that spirit healers are like, I don't know, offshoots of them or... Descendants of Kyrian is what they said. But what does that mean for immortal spirit beings? How do they have descendants? And not uh, only that, but Kyrian are, are created via the Aspirant process too. Like, and th- that looks very much like the way the Valkyr work. Yeah, it's just that the Valkyrie being—it's being done on Azeroth, not in the Shadowlands. We have a—we have an entire town in Northrend that goes through this process, and that's one of the things that you think about. What if the reason the Spirit Healers are doing something that they shouldn't be doing is that they—they they have no way of knowing what they should be doing? Like, what's up with? The, we don't know what the Archon's doing, and we don't know what the Arbiter's doing. Like, it says that the Arbiter is the one who makes the decision, who judges every soul to t- decide where they should go. Or, but or what if they are acting on order? Yeah, and if they are acting on orders, who are they acting on orders from? The Archon? The Arbiter? Who's telling them what to do? And send, what exactly are they telling them to do? Send them back before somebody else gets their spirit? Maybe. Or maybe, you know, it's one of the things I keep thinking about because this expansion, are, are we going to not res at spirit healers after this expansion? Like, Because think about that. That's a core game mechanic. And it's really mm-hmm. kind of interesting, too, because they revamped how you resurrect in the Shadowlands. It's different. It's not yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It's a different process, which was cool because, like, my first question, and apparently the first question of many people was, well, if you, when you die, you go to the Shadowlands or whatever, what happens if you die while you're in the Shadowlands? And the answer to that is, ah, something completely different, which is cool. I'm glad that they thought about this, but... Um, I think I'm going to actually wrap us up here because I have a final thoughts question and it's kind of a doozy and I think it's going to take us a little longer than just a couple of minutes to answer it. If that's okay with you guys. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And um, like I said before, if you've got an email for the show, we will be answering emails for like eh, the next couple of weeks unless some big news stuff happens to pop up. Uh, you can send those emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com make sure that you put lore watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show or you could drop by our discord and pop into the q and podcast questions channel just make sure again that you say that your question is for lore watch so we know where it's supposed to go okay final thoughts you guys i'm going to 
I'm I'm going to make a throwback here, and I'm going to make a throwback all the way back to when Warlords of Draenor was first announced, and there was a panel, and Kosak was talking about Azeroth, and he said that Azeroth is unique in the cosmos, and that the, uh, there's something special about Azeroth. And we thought, with the release of Chronicle and everything else, that it was because Azeroth was one of the strongest titans that they'd ever seen, that kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And yet I keep going back to this whole, particularly with the Shadowlands and what we're seeing with the Shadowlands, all of this stuff about the cog and the machine and the wheel and everything else, it all ties back to Azeroth. So I guess my question is, do you guys think what makes Azeroth unique isn't necessarily the world soul? It's the fact that the world soul and the planet itself exist at a central nexus in the universe. Like, it is ground zero. The other planets are all just kind of spiraling out from it. Rossi. You see, when Tyrael blew up the world stone, <laughs> you think I'm, I'm, think I'm joking. I'm not. No, no When Tyrael blew up the world stone, the energy of the world stone was released and sanctuary began to change. It took a yep. long time. But over that period of time, as the, the forces of the, you know, the, the burning hells and the high heavens exhausted themselves in their quote-unquote eternal conflict, eventually these forces of light and void explosively destroyed each other and created fell. Um, at the same time, the, first, the, the, the most recent generation of Nephilim began to awaken throughout the uh, expanding universe that was once just the world of Sanctuary. Um, one of these Nephilim was a, a primordial force. Uh, who, who gained control over time. And that would be what we now call Amenthul, but he used to be called Bolkathos. Uh, he moved forth into the cosmos and found other Nephilim, and they went forth and, and began trying to order the universe. Uh, Azeroth was left behind the, like a cracked eggshell, but it, ref it, became, it, it hosted yet another world soul, the power of Anu itself within the planet, which was so powerful that it regenerated the whole world and changed it completely. And that's that's what Azeroth is. It is the, the it's the newborn Anu. I love that you just tied Diablo and World of Warcraft together so effortlessly, I was and to it do worked. That. <laughs> it worked. I was it, waiting to do that from like the beginning of this show. I was it, waiting to see if he gave me an opening. It that absolutely actually works. Um, Joe, same question though. I still think of them as like Astrium points, like. The way that they were described is that there are these multiplanar representations in physical form where there are several points where these planes touch. And by the very nature of that spherical form or that fourth dimension defying form, uh, there are always multiple points in which all of these planes touch. But and do you I think, think that... that Azeroth is like the center of all yes. of that? Yeah? I, I don't think the center. I think it's a point. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that possibly you think that there are other points out there or have been okay like i think that these planets that maybe that the other titans came from these might have been other points or we know that there are other important places in the universe where some of these planes touch or are accessible because we've seen some of that already we know that the maybe Legion it's that is able perfect to... go ahead sorry no, no i was gonna say like we know that the legion was able to open portals to certain places that touched in specific ways why could they do that and i think that it has to do with there are several points on this constantly moving planar map where all of these points touch and that's where these important places like azeroth are born and that's why we can go to the shadowlands from azeroth that's why we can go to the emerald dream from azeroth that's why we have arcane energy that's why we can have necromancer that's why we can have uh, all of these different things is because all of these planes touch at the point. I don't think it's the center. I just think it's a point. I am going to jump off of that and I'm going to say that the Titans are creatures of order and they are spawned, spawned at points around the universe where all of these different forces come together in complete unison, in perfect order. And in that space of perfect order, a being is born. And Azeroth is one of them. Probably the most important one. For some reason, we have yet to determine. Certainly the strongest. Ooh, I just gave myself goosebumps. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap us up for the show, you guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. And we will see you again next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.